0: You've heard the advice that aspirin prevents heart attacks, but who should be taking it? And what are the risks? InfoTrex Roy Mackey is back with a look. Roy? Thanks again, Chris. Dr. Charles Campbell is an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Kentucky, and he was also the lead author in a study that analyzed how much aspirin can be helpful in preventing a heart attack. First let's just hit kind of the highlights of your study. What did you find and what was surprising?
1: Well. We took a look at the data regarding higher versus lower doses of aspirin as far as the effectiveness in reducing heart attacks and strokes. And we specifically looked at trials in which more than one dose was compared within that specific trial. Our conclusion was that we could find no evidence that a higher dose of aspirin was more efficacious than a lower dose.
0: Now, your overall study reviewed 11 clinical trials. What dosage in terms of milligrams were we talking about?
1: Well, the studies that we looked at range anywhere from 75 milligrams of aspirin to up to 1,300 milligrams of aspirin.
0: A normal adult aspirin tablet contains how much?
1: 325.
0: And a child's dosage, a children's aspirin, is around, what, 81? Is that correct?
1: 81, right. And there's no science in there. That was simply the amount of aspirin that could be easily formulated into a pill years ago when Astrum was first developed as a pharmaceutical agent. So it wasn't based on effectiveness, but on manufacturing. The child's Astrum was just cut four times, just an adult cut four ways.
0: But your testing found that even a lower dosage than that was adequate.
1: Tests done by a group in Italy have shown that lower doses than that, if taken chronically, can suppress platelet function, which we think is what is the important issue here. And the reason that I think it's reasonable to consider lower doses of aspirin is because we also saw that there was a trend toward more bleeding among people that have higher doses of aspirin. So, you know, aspirin can cause GI bleeding in some patients, and so... We feel like the lowest effective dose is important in order to minimize side effects.
0: So a larger dose of aspirin, in theory, would be a greater risk of gastrointestinal bleeding. Is that correct?
1: That's what we think at this point.
0: So for people who believe they may be at risk for a heart disease or a heart attack, what is your general advice? What should they do?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is that if you look back at studies designed to prevent that first heart attack, aspirin is only an effective therapy for people that are relatively high risk in other words 30 year old non-smoking men with normal cholesterol probably shouldn't be on an aspirin at all they're only going to expose themselves to the side effects without gaining a lot of clinical benefit Mm -hmm. so the first thing is to assess your risk and that's really best done with the help of a physician or healthcare provider but you can also do it on the internet and there are many sites aimed at helping you assess your risk they're typically based on work done in Massachusetts at the Framingham Center. But at any rate, what it boils down to is if you are a male or female in your 40s or 50s and you have some high blood pressure and some high cholesterol, then you're beginning to be at sufficient risk to warrant a daily aspirin. At that point, I would take no more than 81 milligrams.
0: In other words, the baby aspirin.
1: The baby aspirin. There have been some studies using higher doses every other day, and that's an alternative way to do it. And it is less clear, based on the studies so far, how effective aspirin is in preventing cardiovascular events in women. Women seem to be less protected from myocardial infarctions, but may get more protection from stroke until they're at fairly high risk, and then they start to show more protection from heart attacks as well.
0: Now, if someone kind of self-diagnoses here using the internet and decides, okay, I'm going to take an aspirin, having not seen a doctor, what are the warning signs if there are problems?
1: Well, the first thing is that you may have gastrointestinal distress and you may have some pain. Secondarily, if you're having a large problem, you may see dark stool, tarry stools. At that point, it's best to head straight for healthcare because gastrointestinal bleeding can be pretty serious.
0: So probably the smartest thing to do is to actually ask your doctor.
1: I think that's the best way to do it. And then as well, if you're on other medications, you and your physician or you and your healthcare provider can discuss interactions of the various medicines you might be taking.
0: Is your study available on the web somewhere where people can read more about it?
1: Summaries of our study are available at the University of Kentucky's websites. The Journal of the American Medical Association has a website as well where our study is summarized and then more detailed analysis of the study, and the study itself can be obtained from the library or from contacting us here at the University of Kentucky.
0: Good information. Dr. Charles Campbell from the University of Kentucky, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. It's my pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. And that wraps up another week of InfoTrack. The people behind InfoTrack include executive producer Randy Meyer, reporters Taryn McCall and Roy Mackey, engineer Robert Sark, and our announcer, Charlie Van Dyke internet services by pair.com I'm Chris Whitting we'll see you next week right here for another edition of InfoTrack